Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Heavenly Father, I ask you to uh, etch these words on our hearts today, Lord, that you lift us up and encourage us. That's far beyond what we can encourage ourselves, Lord, that it only can come from you. Dispatch your angels to be here. And the Holy Spirit, just fill our hearts and fill this room. And everybody that's watching, Lord, have everybody just be so full of the Holy Spirit. It just brings total peace in their hearts. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. So, I get to do my favorite verse today, which is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. So, such a simple verse, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I love that part. And the first time I ever really read it, I went, I understand that. That meant I was completely wrong. <laughs> because it says, and lean not on your own understanding. If I understand how God trusts me, but yet I don't trust anybody. So the first word I got to get by, and I was talking to somebody the other day about, read a verse and try to live by that verse. So try to live by this, trust, for one day, for one hour, for one minute, right? Trust. Trust in what? Trust in the Lord. Right? So now I have a target. I have something I can try to trust in. Right? I've tried trusting in relationships. I've tried trusting in drugs. I've tried trusting in churches. I've tried trusting in sponsors. I've tried trusting in everything that you could possibly try trusting in, except for God himself. Right? Take that time. Take that moment. Say, whatever's going to happen here today is because God wants it to happen, and I'm supposed to learn something from that give something in that, be part of that. Can I trust that? Can I trust that so much that if it means a death in my family, it means an illness in my family, it means a separation from me and loved ones, am I willing to trust that God is in charge of that? And for whatever reason, he doesn't want that part of my life right now. That I'm willing to stay on that. Or trust that I got this job and I have capabilities of doing this job, so now I'm going to stay doing this job because I trust that God got me this job. God got me this appointment. How many times you get a job, you're there for like six months, like, you know what? I'm going to look for another job. Wait a minute. God just gave you that job. Right? You're supposed to ride it through. It's a relationship. Right? Oh, I got an apartment, but, you know, I got a place to live. I was living in the streets, now I'm in this place, it's a sober place, but you know, this one's doing that, that one's doing this, and they tell you to do this. Man, but God put me here, why? What's my, what's my work for God here? I'm gonna trust that there's something here that God wants me to understand and show me so that I can, I can have a better life than what I've had. With all my heart completely with all my heart. That means that I don't waver at any given moment, right? I had that trust. I had that trust. You know, I, I like to go back to drinking and drugging because that's where I came from. And when I was sick, 
in need of a drink, when I was sick in need of a drug, as soon as I had a vision or a line of sight of the alcohol or the drug coming to me, I felt better because I had a belief that that would take care of me. It was a belief because it was a mind thought, right? I thought that that was coming to me. I'm going to be better. Can I put that on Jesus? Here's Jesus. He's with me. Can I feel better? Can I get that relief from him? He says, do that. Do that with all your heart. Just trust in him. But don't lean on your own understanding. Don't do that. And the first thing is, if I can't figure it out, I ain't doing it. That means I'm leaning totally on me and not trusting that God can do things greater than I ever thought of doing. Right? But I have to be God. Right? I have to live in that. So that brought me to this, which is, you know, I love Peter in the Bible. He's exactly like me. <laughs> he makes mistakes. He denies God. He's always doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Moments of violence, whacking a guy's ear off. He's like, he's, he's me. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Well, he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. So here's God, alone, up on the mountain drop. What's he doing? Praying. Right? He's praying for what? Will of the Father. Right? He, he trusts so much. He sent everybody away. He said to the guys, get in the boat and go over the other side. Right? Get, now, are they going to trust in his word? <laughs> Do we trust in God's word when he sends us somewhere? He's up on the mountain praying. Everybody else he sent away, right? But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the winds were contrary. Now on the fourth watch, this is between 3 and 6 a.m. of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. So here he is, he's out there in the middle of this little storm out there, and he's walking on the water, right? Because God can walk on water. Even though he's presenting himself as man, he's showing his deity that he can walk on this water and don't worry about it, right? And Peter, Peter immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, oh, I missed this part. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out of fear. Now they've been with them. They've been with them for months. They're roaming around. They've seen all the miracles he can do. And there he is walking on water. What happens? Instant fear. They go right to fear, right to the flesh. I'm in fear. There's God doing something that's not capable, and I'm afraid. Right? But immediately Jesus spoke to them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Right? That's all he keeps telling us. Don't be afraid. I'm here with you. Right? And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come on the water. Right? Command me. Tell me. 
You tell me what to do, and I will do it. I'm asking you, how many times have we said, Lord, just straighten my life out. Please help me. He does. And then we run the other way. Right? It may be incarceration. Maybe he's put us in jail. Maybe he knew that if he picked us up and shook us off and stuck us in a sober house or stuck us back home, that we'd go do something stupid, and he needs us to get cleaner so he has us locked up. He puts us in time out. And then we start speaking with him and he starts speaking with us and our lives begin to change. So he said, God, Jesus, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Here he is, he's walking on the water. Him and Jesus are walking on the water, right? Everything in your life is put back in perspective. Everything's awesome. God's in your life. Beautiful. What more can I ask for? I talked with Ben one time. He said, Ben says, I can't walk on water. I says, that's right. God don't need you to today. But if God needed us to walk on water, we could walk on water. And for us, what is walking on water? For me, walking on water is not getting high anymore. I don't have the desire to get high anymore because I trust that God took it away. When I asked him to take it away, he took it away. When I had an emptiness in my heart, he filled that emptiness. I asked him, please give me some peace in my heart. And he gave me that. I tried it with everything else. Now, I have a tendency to give that away. We just sang a song that said, ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. And I believe that's true. Nothing's gonna steal my joy. I'm gonna give it away. The devil can't take anything away from me. I give it to him. God doesn't remove anything away from me. I take it back. It's all on me. There's great responsibility when I say, hey, Lord, I would like you to do this, and he does it, and I renege. What happens here with Peter? And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is, your, if it is you, command me to come on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter came down to the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But he saw the wind was boisterous. He was afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. I'm back in the jackpot. I'm back homeless again. I'm back in jail again. I'm back doing things I wish I didn't do again. I had all that put together. But I became afraid. He became afraid. He's walking on water. <laughs> what do you got to be afraid of? Jesus is there with you. He's put everything back in our lives to what he thinks we need, and we get afraid. We start to sink. I thought this was quite amazing that at this point, Jesus didn't let him stand there in fear. He allowed him to sink. Right? He could have stopped him. He didn't have to let him sink. He's Jesus. He had him walking on the water through the faith of believing that that's Jesus. Jesus could have just kept him standing up above. But we need to realize that he's in charge. So if he kept him walking on the water, he wouldn't be able to understand that the truth is 
you have to have that faith. It has to come from you. He lost that faith. He looked at the world. He said, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And left God. God didn't leave him. He's still standing right there. He's still standing right there. He left God. He looked at the world and came apart and got afraid. But as he's thinking, he's like, Lord, save me. As we all do. But we don't ask him when everything's good. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Why did you have doubt? Right? Why did you have doubt? Doubt is so formal in our lives that we have a tendency to hop back on board with doubt. Right? I should not be here. There is no doubt in my mind. <laughs> but then I'll go home and I'll say, Trisha, I don't know. I don't think we're supposed to be up here anymore. We're supposed to be in Florida. Let's go. I threw doubt in then the devil pounces upon that and says, yeah, that's right. That's right, you need to go. You need to get out of here. And then I get verified. That's why I'm not supposed to leave because the devil loves to get me and push me someplace else. As soon as I feel the attack upon me that the devil wants me someplace else, I know I'm doing the work of God and I need to stop walking back on the water. And that's having no doubt and walking in faith. It's a battle. It's a constant battle. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Back to Proverbs, chapter 3. What a great example Peter has been all through everything. Chapter 3, verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Right? So that it's right there, formal, right? We walk around with a cross. We walk around with a cross on. Why? Do you rely on the truth of what the cross means? Or is it just a piece of jewelry? I talked to many people, it's a piece of jewelry. I met a woman the other day, she had a cross on. I says, oh, what's that? She says, it's a cross, but I'm spiritual. She has no understanding what the truth of that cross means. The freedom in that cross. The gift that's given to us. Etch this on your heart. Etch this on your heart. You are set free. You don't have to have doubt. You don't have to have fear. Stop giving your freedom away. As I read verse 5 again, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I always believe that's where I've always stopped. Verse 5. Many people have said, and verse 6. I say, you can't get to verse 6 if you don't have the trust in God. The trust has to be full. 
Verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. How, is that, how am I going to acknowledge him if I don't trust him? I know when I went to certain people to buy certain things, there were people that I just didn't trust that I would get the right thing there. <laughs> so I wouldn't go there. I have to trust that God is going to give me the ability to walk on water and have it. Now, what does that mean? That means that any trouble that I have been in when I rest in God, it always gets smoothed out. I may not like what the sentence is. I may not like what the consequences are that I have to pay, but I committed an action that has to have accountability for it. I take that accountability. I rest that the accountability will only be what God feels I can handle, and he gives me that, not what the world gives me, not what a judge gives me, not what my family gives me, not what my neighbor gives me, but what God gives me for that consequence. Why? Because he's read my heart, right? Why write them on your heart if you're not going to use them? Bind them around your neck. Carry them around your neck. I wear the cross so I have a reminder what the cross means. That if I have faith in him, he will direct my paths. Right? We were here yesterday. We had an awesome wedding here yesterday. Towards the end of the wedding, someone showed up at the back door. Had I not been here yesterday for that wedding, we wouldn't have had that encounter. That's God. That's not up to me. That's up to God. It's not because there happened to be a wedding here that someone popped in. God sent someone here at that time to be met to give his word. I've invited them here. He hasn't shown. But he was met. I did my part of what God. I paid attention of what was going on here. That's my part. What's your part in the day? Is your part in the day to say, Lord, thank you for all that I have, even though I'm on my way? Maybe it's, thank you, Lord, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe I'm being cuffed up and I'm getting dragged off somewhere, right? Will I thank him for that? Maybe it's saving your life. Will I trust that God's in charge of that and he's allowing that to happen in my life so I can have some safety in my life because I'm incapable of being safe? Maybe he tells me, you know, I, I've always said, if I'm going to go somewhere, it's like I, if I want a soda, right? I'll be driving through a town and I'll say, yeah, I really want a soda. I just had one. I really don't need one. Soda's attached to me, right? Used to be coffee, now it's soda. So it's like I go in this store. Why is God calling me to that store? So I pay attention. What am I doing at that store? And then I'll see someone that's in need of prayer, right? What did God do? Wait. When he sent them all away, he went to the mountain and he prayed, right? Prayer is so powerful. Anytime you have the opportunity, pray with someone, right? Why? Why would I do that? Because it's etched on my heart, right? Because that's what I do. When, when I did drugs, I brought drugs everywhere and I shared them everywhere and I got people doing them everywhere. Right? Because that's what I did. Now I believe in Jesus. He's the way out. He's the Savior. He's done all this for me, for my life, for your life. Everybody's like, I'm going to bring them with me. I'm going to share them wherever I go. I want them to be part of everybody's life. Why? Because that's what he asks me to do. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. 
<laughs> I always say to Evelyn, I'm as close to perfect as you can get. She says, you're not looking at yourself right. <laughs> Fear the Lord and depart from evil. What's evil? Me thinking that stupid thing I just said. <laughs> right? What's evil? Anything not of God. Right? So how do I take yesterday, here, having a wedding, blessing a reunion of two people, two become one in the eyes of God. And someone walks in the door, what do you do? Oh, get out, we're having a wedding. Yo, come back later, just go away. <coughs> right? No, you say, hey, man, come on, come back tomorrow, we'll feed you, come back here. We want to love you up, we'll help you get what you need to get. That's what we do. That's what should be etched on our heart. Verse 8. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Can you imagine going home at the end of the day and go, man, that's what God had me there for. Oh, yeah. He had the wedding there so we could talk to that young man in the back. Thank you, Lord, for opening my eyes and my heart to be able to see that. The wedding was awesome. That was great. That was his work. That was his glory. That's what he wanted us there for, that fine young man. That's, when I go home, what a, what a relief I have, right? It used to be, uh-oh, I sold that to that guy. I hope that guy wasn't a fake guy, and now I'm going to have warrants out for me, so I better be careful. It's like, why did I tell that person that? Because if I told that person that, now they're going to tell that person. This is going to get back to me. Did I get those warrants cleared up that I had before? Right? And then he wrote Joy Ride, and you forget about everything. You know, I, was, uh, I wasn't even, I, was, I think I was clean at this point. I was just, I, I just didn't like, uh, I forget what I did. I was speeding or something, something stupid, right? So I got my 10-year-old daughter in the car and her little girlfriend in the car, and I rolled through a stop sign, right? So, of course, he's right there, right? Pulls me over, right? Next thing I know, I got five cruisers surrounding me, guns are drawn, and I'm like, I haven't done anything yet. And as far as I'm concerned, I stopped at the stop sign. I had a state police warrant that had no name on it, no no reason why they had the warrant up for me. So I was a hardcore criminal. What it was is I didn't pay a speeding ticket or some stupid thing, right? So now they have to, I had to call Trish, she's gonna come down, she's gonna get my daughter and this little girl, take the car, make sure everything's okay. This poor little girl that hung around with my daughter was no longer allowed to hang around with us. You know, criminal activity, right? insanity and thinking you know what a bunch of jerks these cops are for doing this stuff to me you know they're so stupid they didn't know about the other things it's like playing in the world I got pulled over about I don't know a month and a half ago on 25 we're going too fast and it was like I got no sweat I get nothing. This is like, it's almost beautiful. Because worst that's going to happen is I'm going to get a ticket and I don't care. I really, I didn't care if I got the ticket. I was speeding. I shouldn't have been speeding. I'm accountable. I'm willing to take that accountability. I'm willing to pay the fine. 
Of course, I got my Jesus Christ hat on and my license plate says praise him, right? What are you going to do with that? <laughs> and he comes back and he says, just slow down. Right? Beautiful. Thank you. Right? I didn't have to go through what I used to have to go through over a speeding ticket, over not stopping for a stop sign. Why? Because God has removed that. He doesn't want me being stupid and breaking a law like speeding. That's violating the law. He's not condoning that. But coming back to the verse, it will bring help to your flesh. I, I rest. I have, a healthy, I have a healthy life as far as anxiousness and worriness. I, I had a real bad day yesterday of anxiousness. It turned out to be something else. Right? Spirits upon me. Right? Can that be upon you? Can it be spirits upon you? If, if it was back in the old days, I would have been running to my doctor to get a new script for some drugs to try to keep me from being anxious, when really it was spirits upon me, attacking me in a way that I hadn't been attacked in a long time. And it was something else that was going on with someone else because we found out what the anxiousness was. It was something else in my family that was going on that had to be taken care of. strengthens to my bones. God holds me strong. It's not me. My body's wrecked. I can't possibly contain myself the way that God holds me up. I, I, I get in unbelief sometimes of how well I'm doing to how well I shouldn't be doing. Right? I should be in a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm not. I shouldn't be able to speak, but I can. I certainly should never be able to trust. Right? I should never be able to trust anybody. And I certainly have my issues with it, but the trust that I have now is so far from where I came from. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. I don't have anything unless God gave it to me. I don't have money unless God gave it to me. I wouldn't have a house unless God gave it to me. I didn't get rewarded for all the good work I've done in life. It's just what God has decided I'm ready and capable to have. That I will be a good steward of his property. A good steward of his money. I spend more money on other people than I've ever spent in my life. And yet it's always replenished. It's not my money, it's God's money. If it all dries up and goes away tomorrow, if the house gets repossessed tomorrow, it's all God's. It's not mine. I, I try to be good steward that it would never happen that way. He's been a good steward to me that I always have a job. Trish always has a job. We always have some kind of money coming in. The bank owns my bike, the bank owns my house, I own my truck. Good stewards of what God gives us. Nothing is mine, it's all God's. When I walk around like that, then I live in that. Which always brings me back to verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
lean not on your own understanding. If you can do the first part, the A part of that verse, your life will just be full of what God's will is for you. If you do the B part of that verse, you have to live with the consequences that come with leaning on yourself and not on God. It's that simple. To me, it can't get any simpler. If we're in a court and a judge comes down and says, here's what I would like you to do. And you say, well, maybe I can change that a little bit. You just veered off and you're going to be stuck with whatever that comes with that. God has said, trust in me with all your heart, with everything, with your money, with your, with your property, with your children, with your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, everything. Trust in me with all of that. Stop trying to figure it out. Just stop trying to figure it out. Trust in me. I'll take care of you. I promise you that. And that's what he's doing right here. He's promising us that. Right? Stop trying to figure it out. Right? When God wants you to understand, you'll understand. And it'll be like, oh! That's what I was supposed to do. <laughs> I love that in him. And I trust that in him. But I waver as Peter wavered and started to drown again. And that's how I know I'm not trusting in God anymore. All of a sudden, I'm drowning. When I'm drowning, I'm not following what God wants me to do. And I'm following what I want to do. And I need to immediately get back to God and say, save me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for Peter. We thank you for your words here. We thank you that they're in a book and that we're going to try to etch them in our heart today, Lord. That only you can truly etch them in our heart if we're willing to have faith and trust that it's from you. Let everybody here experience that in one way or another today, Lord. If there's anybody that hasn't received you, let this be the time and the place. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know you're the Son of God. Forgive me, come into my heart and live, I want to know you. With that said, Lord, touch everybody with some kind of trust today in you, that they see it and have a way to believe it. They know that they're willing and able, and they go, yes, I trust in you today, Lord. And then they just go to bed with total peace, total peace in all their decisions, because they did the decisions that you wanted to do. To do. Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Amen.